Hello, hello. Thank you for listening to The Matrix is Real. My name is Neo. Um, I've been off for a couple months, um, but I'm back, locked and loaded, ready to go. And man, the world is getting crazier by the day. Um, from the stock market, you know, collapsing to food and, and, and just general inflation going off the charts to now basically the, the threats an open discussion of a potential n- nuclear war between Russia, the United States, and, and, and soon to be China. Um, there's a lot that's going on all at the same time. I have been one of those people that has been warning others for years that we, not only in the United States, uh, but all over the world, are careening toward a major financial crisis, of which has not been seen since the, the Great Recession in the United States that began around 2007-2008. The difference though this time is that back then, I don't know, you know, depending on how old you are, I don't know how much you remember what happened, but back then it was essentially some of the big banks on Wall Street that were over leveraged and had to be bailed out because them failing was a systemic risk that threatened, you know, basically the entire planet. Um, to, to put it simply, what happened back then is the big banks said, if we go under, we're taking everything and everyone down with us. And they put, kind of put a gun to their own head and said, you bail us out or, or else. Um, it was probably the first time in modern history that basically private, private debt you know, these banks taking out massive loans and bets on, on various financial instruments and, and risky bets in, in, in the stock market and in uh, derivatives, namely mortgage-backed securities and, and subprime lending and that sort of thing, um, that the, the taxpayers basically were put on the hook for. And since then, we have seen um, the government as well as the banks, not, and I'm not talking just the Wall Street banks, I'm talking about central banks, becoming even more bold with policy decisions um, and doing essentially the same thing. COVID-19, the, the pandemic that was declared, basically saw the largest wealth transfer in the history of the world between um, the private sector, the wealthiest people on the planet, and the public. And what's happening right now is we're going to see it happen all over again. But this time, sovereign debt, which is the, the debt of, of, of individual and, and on all the countries on the planet, has ballooned even more. Um, the same players that got bailed out before are still making risky bets. And, and you could argue are even more, um, more in debt with these you know, toxic assets and and crazy, uh, crazy trading strategies and that sort of thing. But now add in the fact that we have insane inflation from food to energy to housing, you know, not just in the United States, but all over the world. And we have the threat of, you know, a global thermonuclear war on top of um, major, you know, political shifts in, 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 in countries all over the world. Italy just uh, had a, a crazy vote where... Um, their far right um, party is basically assuming control and has got everyone in Europe freaking out because a lot of the policies that are being done in Europe are now 
being threatened essentially because a lot of people in Italy have had enough. They don't, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to do these things anymore. Um, when, when the, the sh- excuse my, you know, pardon my French, but when the shit hits the fan, it's going to make 2007 and 2008 look like a cakewalk. And I've been warning people for years. And um, it, 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 if you're paying attention What's happening today is very, very, very reminiscent of what happened in 2007 leading up to the, the housing crisis. Housing itself is, is set to collapse again. Uh, it's like people didn't learn their lesson, but you currently, and these are all the warning signs, uh, mortgage interest rates are approaching 7%. That, that hasn't happened since 2007, 2008. We're also seeing the yield, the interest basically on um, US government debt reach levels that again has not been seen since 2007 and 2008 um and none of this is a coincidence everything that you see happening in the world is not a a um by chance it's all a carefully calculated agenda being put out by the elites of the world i'm not talking about you know the, the wealthy billionaires you know the people like bill gates and stuff like that people don't understand if you have any any experience with trusts or with estates, paper wealth is not the true measurement of wealth in this world. Um, you can have somebody that has a massive amount of wealth and money, but on paper they don't they look poor. It's because they have all their money hidden away in various trusts and and estates, and and there are various ways to hide a person's true wealth. If you have enough money and you have enough uh, influence and you have the right lawyers and the right, you know, accountants and that sort of thing, you can make yourself, you know, look like anything financially. And that's what people don't get is people like Bill Gates are, are trotted out in front of us. And we think that those are the really powerful people in the world. And, and, you know, they're wealthy by, by the, the standards of the most people, but they're not, they're not the true power players. They are just front men. The true power players, and you can say Illuminati or whatever you want to call them, the true power players operate from the shadows. They're the ones that own the central banks, which are the, you know, the, 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 the big banks of the big banks. They're the ones that control the Bank of International Settlements. Um, they're the ones that actually own and control the government. People don't realize governments around the world are corporate governments. Uh, in the United States, for example, the Act of 1871 officially made the United States a corporation and all corporations have shareholders. Um, all corporations have presidents. And it is basically a grand illusion that has been pulled over the eyes of, of every man, woman, and child on earth to make us think that we have the power when in actuality we don't. When you see somebody like Donald Trump on TV as much as people, you know, the guy is targeted publicly and it does look like, you know, they've always are out to get him. But make no mistake, people like Donald Trump are controlled opposition. They are part of the same big club that, you know, people like Joe Biden and, and, and Vladimir Putin and all these people, they're all working for the same global cabal of elites. Uh, Vladimir Putin, for example, was a junior member of the World Economic Forum. People forget that. Literally shaking hands with Klaus Schwab, just like all you know, just like uh, Justin Trudeau of Canada. These people are puppets, and they're doing, they're playing a role. It's like WWE 
in public. They, 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 they act like they hate each other. But behind closed doors, they're buddies, they're friends. They're all working from the same basically fraternal order. Um, now, why is this happening? Well, I, I, I've, I've read many different... Um, I'm not even going to call them conspiracy theories because that, that gives the idea that these are just, you know, fabrications or illusions or, or you know, um, just just rabbit holes that people go down that, end, that, that go nowhere. Um, they are actual conspiracies. People forget that the term conspiracy theory is a, a, a product of the word conspiracy and conspiracies are factually true in history. We have had stuff from Watergate to um, the Gulf of Tonkin. There, there have been so many factual, uh, the Lusitania, there's been so many factual conspiracies to cover up what's really going on in the world that not everything that you read on the internet or everything you hear is true, but verify your sources. A lot of it is. Truth is stranger than fiction and they do it for a reason because they want to confuse the public into not knowing what to believe. But every conspiracy that that has that has you know merit and credibility and evidence behind it always leads to one thing. I'm gonna get really, really religious and spiritual on you here, but basically it always leads to this one thing: that Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him, rules this world. Doesn't mean he's stronger than God, but God has basically allowed Satan to control this matrix that we currently live in. Now, it is my opinion that The Matrix, the movie series, was a documentary. It wasn't, it wasn't just a fictional science fiction movie, you know, for entertainment purposes. It was a documentary that basically showed us the, the true state of this reality that we find ourselves in. Um, I think it was Stephen Hawking himself that, that basically put the odds of us living in a simulation about 50-50. Uh, that was, his, I believe, his final paper he ever wrote before he died. Um... And I basically view what's going on as the, you know, why would God allow that? Why would God knowingly allow his, his biggest enemy to, to basically not only control people, but also create conditions where you have mass suffering, you know? And, and my, my view is that basically, you know, you've heard the term hell on earth. We're already living in hell. We just don't realize it. But I mean, how much, if you really look at it, how much suffering is there in the world? How much inequality is there? How much, you know, real, true justice is there? There's really not. It's the haves and the have-nots. We live in an illusion, illusion of choice, an illusion of freedom. But in, in actuality, everything that, that happens to us is calculated and coordinated and we're basically just little tiny lab rats you know being fed in in, in circles and and being manipulated into doing certain things or not doing certain things so right now COVID-19 was the official beginning of it we are moving toward a mark of the beast system as prophesied in the book of Revelation now just to caution you I'm not a traditional Bible thumper I don't believe in every word of the Gospels or, or, or the Bible. Uh, I don't believe in every biblical prophecy. But just, you know, Satan is the master deceiver. That's what we learn in, in the Bible. That's what you learn in, in, in the Quran. That's what you learn in, in, the, um, in the Jewish Talmud and, and Torah is that 
the devil is a master of deception. So in my view, all of the major world religions have been corrupted by the devil. And it's it's up to us to use discernment to see through the lies of these various holy books to, to figure out what is truth and what is not. Now, this is where in the prophecy of Revelation, it's not going to go down in the, in the way I see it exactly word for word the way that it's written. But you will see the signs. The signs are there with those with eyes and uh, to see and ears to hear. We are moving toward a system where you are going to need to basically have a mark in order to transact in society. And that's where COVID came in. Remember when COVID was really, you know, quote, hitting its peak, they were talking about vaccine passports. And very quickly, there was a big push back against it. People openly identifying how the potential to completely take away people's freedoms was very, very, very high. But as the pandemic went on, as more and more people, you know, talked amongst themselves, um, you know, people like Joe Rogan, Peter McClellough, Robert Malone, you know, all these, these, these highly intelligent people that, you know, you, you can only censor people for so long unless you become full on, you know, authoritarian, you know, open tyranny, which we, we kind of did have, but to the extent not like of North Korea, eventually war is going to get out. And that's, that's what happened, whether that was allowed or not, I'm not sure. But the point is, is that enough people started waking up to the dangers posed by these vaccine passports that it almost seems like they put it on hold. But it's not going away. The groundwork has already been laid. The foundation for the Mark of the Beast system has already been set. And they've already got enough people almost comfortable with the idea and normalized the idea that they're just now waiting for the right time, the right crisis. It was Rahm Emanuel, former uh, was a chief of staff for, for Obama, that said, never let a good crisis go to waste. That is what this whole financial crisis and, and geopolitical, you know, potential war crisis and food scarcity and, and, and inflation, that's what it's all about. It's about a, a culmination of all these major problems, most of which were, you know, artificially created. It's not like, it's not like just, you know, these, these things just happened on accident. No, a lot of the things happening today is the result of policy choices by, quote, the elected leaders of the, quote, free world or of the world or, you know, the central bankers or, or those type of people. But this is where the system is going to go into hyperdrive and you're going to start seeing the mark of the beast system right in front of your face. The next step, so, so 9-11 gave us um, basically the surveillance state. We got TSA in the United States. We had to start getting more comfortable with, you know, always being watched and scrutinized and watching what we take and, 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 you know, the government usurping the constitution in the United States or in all over the world to, to basically violate our freedoms supposedly to pursue bad terrorist boogeymen. Well, that's what happened in 2001. Fast forward to 2022. Now they're going to start setting the stage for a global paradigm shift with regard to the monetary system. For years, me and and a lot of others have been warning about a war on cash is that they want to basically eliminate cash. And if, you, if you've been paying attention these last few months, more and more you're starting to hear 
various government officials, central bankers, bankers, etc., talking about implementing a cashless society via, and it's called Central Bank Digital Currency, CBDCs. We have Bitcoin, we have uh, Ether, and, and all these various uh, uh, cryptocurrencies that is to quote the private side of this whole push. But I view Bitcoin and even Ether as, as Trojan horses. It was advertised, at least maybe not officially, but the way most people advertise Bitcoin is a get which quick scheme, like a Ponzi scheme. You know, A, you're an idiot for not joining in and you need to put all your money in this if you want to be wealthy and blah, 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 blah. But in reality, it's just getting mass acceptance for this 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 cashless society to hit mainstream. Um, and if you just look at the price action, for example, for Bitcoin, uh, we were told by so many different people that were you know pro Bitcoin that when we started to seeing mass institutional adoption, you know Wall Street and and big businesses and stuff starting to adopt Bitcoin or the infrastructure behind Bitcoin, we were going to see the prices just explode. I saw so many people boldly saying, you know. By the end of 2021, Bitcoin's going to be at $100,000 a coin. That never happened. We, you know, we got kind of close. I think it's topped out around 65, uh, 67,000 per coin, which again, to just me, boggles my mind. I don't know if you've ever held a piece of gold in your hand, but holding one ounce of gold or a, you know, a bar of gold, aside from how you know pretty it might look, it, it just it's something tangible in your hand that that has not only has value because we agree it does, that's all money is, we agree that something has value, but it's been a benchmark for society for over 5,000 years. You know, you can go to every any country on the planet, hand somebody an ounce of gold, and instantly there is an, uh, a, a very intrinsic value that is placed in the minds of people that are that are accepting it. Maybe, you know, they don't know what the price is per ounce, but they know this is something that's valuable. Versus Bitcoin, if you walk up to somebody and hand them a flash drive, you might have, you know, you could, that's the one cool thing about Bitcoin is you can move, you know, billions, even trillions of dollars, you know, instantly, you know, electronically or in, in a flash drive or something like that. But it, it doesn't carry the same weight behind it. And that is what the central banks come in is when this next financial crisis hits. Mark my words, save this podcast, make a note in your phone. And if, if I'm wrong, please, you know, call me out. But when this next financial crisis hits, you're going to hear very quickly. Things always change in crisis very fast, just like we saw with COVID. You're going to start seeing government, uh, government leaders as well as central bankers and bankers basically saying that we need to the mass implementation and adoption of, of, of central bank digital currencies in order to stabilize fin- financial markets and stop the chaos that's going on. But what what they're not going to tell you is that by switching to a cashless society and CBDCs, you're basically putting every facet of human existence in the hands of the governments of the world that have shown that they don't care about personal freedom and privacy you're going to put everything in their hands. And they're saying, trust us. But they've shown us time and time again, they can't be trusted. The second that this happens, all over the world, people are going to have to make a choice. 
are they going to sign on to the system or are they not? If enough of us say no, it, it'll, the system will never take place. But that, that, that's, that won't, in my view, happen. This is what the prophecies of Revelation talks about. Not enough people are going to resist. You would need almost, you know, I would say almost 80 to 90 to 100% people opting out and saying, I won't, I won't be part of the system for it to actually materialize and where it wouldn't work. But enough people are going to, to, to join in. And once you're in, you're in. There's no turning back. Just like if you got the COVID shot. You know, if you're a young person, you got myocarditis or, or uh, you, you, had a, you had blood clots or something. Or now I just saw a study that shows that um, mRNA from the boosters and all the shots is actually going through breast milk. There's, once you get that shot, this is Robert Malone, the uh, co-inventor of the mRNA um, uh, technology being used in all these vaccines, he basically cautioned parents from giving it to their kids saying, there is no turning back. Once you give them a shot, it's done. And we don't know the type of damage that it can do long-term to a child or an adult, but there is no turning back. You don't get to redo. The same thing's going to happen once this CBDC digital cashless society system is put into place. Um, Bill Gates, Bill Gates owns a patent for something called the micro needle array patch. It's basically a little square, looks like a band-aid and it is a vaccine delivery system. It's no longer going to be a needle and syringe. Basically, it's it, you, you get this little patch, you put it on topically on your skin, on, on your hand or on your arm and you push down and when you push down it basically gives you what's called a quantum dot tag these little micro needles basically inject not only the quote vaccine but also um basically invisible invisible dye that's bioluminescent that basically gives you an, an invisible tattoo a scannable invisible tattoo it's called a quantum dot tag it's kind of like an invisible qr code on your skin and it does it, it serves the main purpose they're talking about is recording the vaccine history on all of the recipients where you could go over with a, a scanner and you could scan somebody and you could pull up instantly what vaccines they've gotten if they need boosters um, but the other applications are endless um, they're they're going to use this system for the digital payment system for the CBDC system uh, we've already seen um, Jen Pizaki, the former uh, White House uh, uh, speaker, I don't know the official title, but basically uh, for, for Biden, Jen Pizaki, when, when COVID was going on, she referred to people that had gotten their, their COVID shots as people that were, quote, marked. And I've, I've seen so many instances of people, again, this is uh, what we call anecdotal evidence, you know, individuals only reporting what they experience, but it is evidence nonetheless it has to be viewed in context, but I've seen so many people reporting that when you, a lot of times when you when you move the vaccine site under like black lights, that it, it almost like shows, shows like a glow. And some people have theorized that's what she meant by marked is that, you know, you can literally tell who's gotten it and who hasn't based on, you know, visual, uh, visual, visual stimulus. And that is the danger is that this application QR codes are, are being normalized now and they're being put everywhere 
this system is going to require you to basically get your vaccine in order to transact in society. You're going to need to scan your hand or wherever they put it to be, you know, to, to buy something or to, to apply for a mortgage or to, to get rent or to, to keep or get a job. Um, and what, you know, once they get that system in place, there's no turning back. So the takeaway today is, is pay attention, keep your eyes open. It's going to happen fast. And when it does, you'll know it, you'll know it. You're going to get chills and, and there's going to be a lot of fear. A lot of people, you know, when they read these prophecies, they get afraid and, and some don't, they, 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 they've seen movies like, uh, uh, what's that one, uh, where, where everyone gets raptured, you know, a lot of Christians believe that they're just going to be, you know, magically, you know, teleported away from all this and not have to deal with any, any of the trials and tribulations. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's part of the deception is a lot of Christians think that when this stuff happens, Jesus is just going to come down from the sky and kind of vanquish all the bad guys and save the day. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, if, if Satan is the master of deception, what if when people pray to Jesus Christ, they're actually not praying to, to God, they're praying to the devil? And I'll get into this in another episode. But basically, my evidence and my research that I've, I've looked at throughout the years has gotten me to conclude that that is exactly what's happening. Jesus himself said we are to serve and worship no one but God. And to do, to do so is the highest sin. He didn't say we are to worship and serve no one but, but me, you know, thus claiming to be God. He never claimed to be God. He, he, he did say, you know, at certain points to be the, quote, son of God. But I always point this out. You know who else was called the son of God more than Jesus in the Bible? King David. So, you know, if King David wasn't the literal son of God, what is the word, you know, or the title son of God means? Well, technically speaking, and even I think Jesus says this, is that we're all sons and daughters of God. We are all created in God's image. So to be a son of God is a title to basically, in my opinion, to be loyal to God, a servant of God. Um, but uh, the world as presented through major religions is not reality. What happens if you're a Christian and the way you were taught in Sunday school doesn't play out? What, there's, there's roughly, uh, I think two and a half billion people that identify as some form of Christian on this planet. Pretend for a second that biblical prophecy doesn't play out quite as advertised and Jesus never shows up in a second coming to, you know, to, to destroy all the evil in the world. What are Christians going to do when this Mark of the Beast system is put in place and there is no fairy tale ending? It's, it's you have to basically, you have to put up or shut up and you really have to stand up for God in that moment and face whatever consequences, earthly consequences there are. You know, how many, you want, a, you want an insight to how many people are not going to, not going to um, resist and not going to stand up for God? I liken not living in the mark of the beast system as, as not having, a, in the United States at least, having a social security number. I know that in, in every country on earth, there's various, you know, different types of identification numbers issued by various governments, but social security number is essentially, you know, 
it's a it's a slave number issue that you can't transact in traditional society without it. You don't need it. It's not the law. You're not forced to have it. It is all consensual. You know, when you apply, well, it's usually not you. When you apply for a social security number, uh, it's usually done by your parents for their children. So in the United States, it's form SS4. Um, you don't need one. There's no requirement that you need to get one. But if you don't get a social security number, you're going to have a really hard time getting a driver's license, really hard time getting a bank account, really hard time, you know, getting loans and that sort of thing. And, and um, how many people go up and ask, how many people don't have a social security number in, in the United States that, that, that are, quote, legal Legally here, people that were born here and have birth certificates or that something else you don't even technically need. You don't need a birth certificate. You don't need one, but you know it's a legal document created by the government. You know why do I need to prove that I was born? So that's that's the, the point that I'm trying to to make to you, dear listener. Um, appreciate you listening. Um, thank you for going on this journey with me today. Pay attention. Use discernment read between the lines and listen for what is not being said and let God guide you. Something else that the Bible uh, does talk about, it talks about Jesus meditated, but curiously in, um, in church, they don't teach people how to meditate. They teach them how to pray, but they don't teach them how to meditate. I, I tell people this, prayer, because I do both, prayer is, is you talking to God. Meditation is you listening to God. Because God doesn't speak in loud words. God speaks in silence. And only in absolute silence. And only in, in, in clearing your mind and your heart and your soul. And, and emptying yourself so that God can fill you up. That is the only way that you can truly hear God and, and be spoken to uh, and, and, and receive God's message. So... I encourage you, meditate, pray. God will give you, if you're truly a believer in God, God will give you the right message. And there's a lot going on in the world that, that, that has every reason to make us fearful. But replace that fear with faith. Because anyone that has true faith in God cannot, cannot live in a state of fear. Fear is... is Fear can't live in somebody that has absolute faith because absolute faith means that you know God is working with and for you and that God's will will be done. So again, replace fear with faith and love. Keep your head up, keep your chin up. Love each other, love yourself. May God bless you as much as God has blessed me. My name is Neo. This is The Matrix is Real. Out.